Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 17 of Genesis chapter 4. And we're going to begin by reading verses 17 and 18. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Enoch. And he builded a city, and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mahujael, and Mahujael begat Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamech. And I'll stop reading there. Now, in in our last study, we asked the question, why is God recording this information regarding Cain and his family, his descendants? Why, from verse 17 through verse 24, which is a fairly good deal of space in the Bible, you know, there are some very important things in the Bible that God may only give a couple of verses to. And and so here we have a fairly large passage where God is um, bothering. He He's taking the time to tell us about Cain and Cain's family. And so we, we read that um, he knew his wife. She conceived and bare Enoch, and he builded a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. And then God tells us about Enoch's children and descendants, and and it it, it goes on. It actually, gets um, fairly involved as as the Lord then tells us of the work that some of them did. And when wondering about this and just trying to understand what God has done. I think uh, an important verse that helps us can be seen in Psalm 49. Psalm 49, beginning in verse 10, it says, For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever, and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man, being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. Again, here in verse 11 of Psalm 49 they call their lands after their own names. And we do learn that Cain begat Enoch, and Cain builded a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. The name Enoch means to dedicate or to train up. You know that famous uh, proverb, train up a child in the way he should go. Well, that's what the name Enoch means, to 
dedicate, train up. And, you know, we're going to find several names in this passage. And I'm not really sure of the spiritual meaning of these names, but that's what the name means. And and Cain builded a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son. And that's what men of the world tend to do. They call their land after their own name. It is their um, quest for immortality. They, they want to be remembered. They want longevity. They, they want a continuing place in this world. And so they think that they can obtain this through a city or, or through a country or through a land that is called by their own name. And yet, um, it is not long lasting, really, that even in the world, the name of cities change, the name of countries change, and actually, this land of Nod, where Cain has settled and is building the city Enoch, where, where are those lands today? Well, those lands, if they would have continued from the time we're reading here, any length of time, would have been destroyed in the flood of Noah's day. The flood that occurred in the year 4990 BC, 6,023 years from creation. And all the events we're reading about in the beginning chapters of the book of Genesis are on the other side of the flood. They're um, describing events and, and giving details about cities and so forth that existed before God destroyed the world with the flood. And so, yes, he, he built a city and called it after the name of his son. But as it also said in Psalm 49, though men do this, notice how God summed it up basically in Psalm 49 verse 12. Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beast that perish. That is, they're, they're gone. The beasts die and they cease to be. They cease to exist. And so it is with unsaved mankind. It is not that way with the children of God. As we read in Hebrews, in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 14, it says, For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. So the child of God is aware and understands that life in this world is temporal, and the things of this world are temporal. They're temporary. They will not last nor endure for any real length of time, and certainly not into eternity. And and so we have no continuing city here, but we do seek one which is to come. As it says in Hebrews 11, in verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, 
as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And there lies the big difference between the child of God and the child of the world. The nations of the elect, or the nations of them which are saved, and the nations of the world. The difference is that the nations of the world concentrate on building a city in this life. This is where they live. This is where their habitation is, their dwelling. This is where their focus is, their concern. But it's not so with the children of them which are saved, with God's elect. They have no continuing city here, but they desire a city whose builder and maker is God. They understand that city is in the heavens above. It's Jerusalem above is what it's called. And and they have citizenship there. And they will one day enter into the city and live forevermore in the city of the new heaven and new earth. And that is a very different mindset than the people of the world possess. Cain was a man of the world. He has already been driven out from the kingdom of heaven. And so his concentration is on the things of the world, and he's building a city, calling the name of the city after Enoch. And it says in verse 18 of Genesis 4, And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mahujael, and Mahujael begat Methuselah, and Methuselah begat Lamech. Well, I'll, I'll just just tell you the meaning of the name, uh, if it's understood or not. Irad likely means wild ass, but that's not certain. The name Irad. Mahujael is a name that means destroyed or blotted out of God. Blotted out of God. And uh, actually, uh, Mahujael's name would be fitting for the family that he belongs to because he's, he's a descendant of Cain. Cain who is cursed of God. And Methuselah means man or friend of God. Lamak, the meaning of the name Lamak is unknown. And, see, a verse like this is difficult. Uh, God is just giving us, uh, in order of descendants. But there is one thing we can notice, and that is, if we count Cain, Cain is the first in this line, and then Enoch is the second, and Enoch gave birth, or, uh, yes, uh, or not, <laughs> not Enoch himself, but Enoch's wife gave birth to Irad, who would be the third. Irad begat Mahujael the fourth. Mahujael begat Methuselah the fifth in this line since Cain. And Methuselah begat Lamech, who would be the sixth since Cain. Since Cain is driven out and counting Cain, Lamech would be the sixth. 
And the number six in the Bible points to work. And so, uh, uh, as the Bible tells us of the way of Cain, and that relates to a works gospel, as he put in much effort with his offering, and yet God had no respect unto it, and that's exactly how it is with all religious people who put a lot of work and effort into pleasing God and doing good works, and yet God never has respect unto the works of man, because man is not justified by the works of the law in the sight of God, but by the faith of Jesus is the only way to be justified. So that that's one possibility. And if we do not count Cain, but we begin with Enoch as the first descendant of Cain, then it would be Lamech is the fifth generation since Cain. And the number five points to atonement. Atonement. And in the atonement, there is one goat that is offered up, and and that would picture the Lord Jesus. There's death, there's shed blood, the picture is for sin. And then there's a second goat, a scapegoat, that's driven out into the wilderness to wander. And that's exactly what God did with Cain. He drove him out, and Cain was bearing his iniquity, exactly as it is stated in Leviticus 16. The sins of Israel are placed upon the head of the scapegoat, and the scapegoat bears the iniquity of the children of Israel, and then he's released into the wilderness to wander. And, and, and so Cain is in the wilderness, in the land of wandering. That's what Nod means. And he has five generations that follow and that could point to the atonement. And unfortunately for him and his descendants, it's the aspect of the atonement wherein man must bear his own sin because no blood of the Savior has been shed for him. There has been no offering up of the Lamb of God on their behalf. And as a result, they must pay the penalty for their sin themselves and and suffer the wrath of God themselves. Either one of those numbers, the, the six generations counting Cain or five since Cain, we can see what the spiritual meaning here would be. Okay, it goes on in verse 20, and I'll read verse 19 through 22. And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Adah, and the name of the other Zillah, and Adah bare Jabel. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naama. Now, as far as the names... Of the people here, Ada appears to mean defense or shade. Zilla is a, a name that identifies with being adorned. Jabel, Jabel is 
2989 in the concordance in the Hebrew, and it's from 2988, a word that means stream, like a stream of water. Uh, the name of Jubal is 3106, and it's the same as 3105, which is the, the word for river. Just like a stream of water, a river of water. And what's interesting also is that Jubal is closely related to 3104, which is the word for Jubilee. And it, it has the same consonants. The vowel pointing is different, though. And and so, uh, let's see, did I miss anyone? Tubal Cain uh, is one of the more complicated names that uh, you'll see in the Bible. Not, I'm, I'm just not sure what it means. And the sister of Tubal-Cain, Naama, her name means pleasant or sweet. Now, again, we, we wonder why is God giving us this information? This is more detailed information. The names of the wives of Lamach and the names of his sons, Jabel, Jubal, and Tubal-Cain. And then God tells us Jabel, is the father of those that dwell in tents, and such as have cattle. And Jubal is the father of those that handle the harp and organ, while Tubal-Cain is an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. Well, I, I think we can see a couple of things. One, or the first thing, is that um, we can recognize that God made man as an intelligent creature, and also as a curious creature regarding the creation that's around him. And and so as man lived on the earth, he began to look around at the creation, and he saw that God had placed um, certain things in the creation that could be developed into objects which would uh, benefit mankind and also serve to assist mankind in more comfortably living on the earth. That is, he looked around and he saw trees and the rocks, the stone, and he he saw uh, various types of metals and and um, brass, iron, silver, gold, various things. In the creation. And slowly, over the course of history, man, an intelligent creature, has uncovered various uses for the things found in the earth. For example, uh, when, when man sees the trees and he, he uh, cuts down the tree and he takes the wood and all kinds of uses for the wood are found. You can burn it or you can take pieces of it and you can begin to fashion it into a table, into a chair, uh, maybe into a bed frame or into a house itself. And, and so the intelligent creature begins to use the creation to utilize it in a way where he becomes a, just a little bit, of course, an aspect of God's creative power 
is seen in the man who was made in the image of God, and he is able to form things. Man is able to fashion things, like uh, Tubal Cain, an instructor, which the word instructor means literally to make sharp or to wet, like you wet a sword. He's a, a wetter of every artificer, and artificer is a word that is tied to a smith or a craftsman or an engraver and and to someone who who uh, he's working in brass and iron and and so he he begins fashioning and forming the brass and the iron into tools and and into other objects that are useful and, and so man has that talent that gift that skill not all men, but but uh, Tubal Cain had it in that area, while his brothers had talents in other areas. Uh, what was Jabel's talent was well, he uh, he was the father of those that dwelled in tents and and have cattle. So uh, he he had a different kind of talent. Where Jubal was a musician, he was the father of all such as handled the harp and organ, and. It would appear that that means that he's also the one who developed the harp and developed the organ and began to play musical instruments. And see, this is uh, the naturally creative side of mankind because man himself was patterned after a creator. Of course, the the Almighty, the God of the Bible. The creator himself, he is able to create from nothing. And, and that's the big difference between the creator and his creature, man made in his image, who can form things that already exist. Man can take the wood and, and other things that God the creator has already created and then begin to make different things of them. But man is limited. Man cannot create like God. He cannot make something out of nothing. Uh, Yet he does reflect the image of his creator through his ability to design and to fashion and to form things. And really, when we see the cities that men have built, when we see all around us, as we do today, when when we see calculators and and computers and radios and televisions and cars and and trains and airplanes and and just an enormous array of material things that man, through the ability God has given him, has been able to fashion and form and and get to operate man is able to get things to work electronically and and very complex things he has been given that particular gift of god well when we see this whole structure that man has been involved with well yes as as we mentioned earlier Concerning Cain and the building of his city, we know that what man does is temporal and limited and will not last. But also, 
we can see the creator, the reflection that is tarnished, but it's still a reflection of the creator. In other words, you don't find uh, other animals that are building things and, and making things and creating things like man. Yes, uh, uh, some um, atheists might say, well, there's a beaver who builds a dam. But we're, we're not talking about things that God programmed, uh, maybe one or two or three things God programmed into various creatures. But we're talking about a whole wide spectrum of ability to construct and to develop things using intelligence to form them and fashion them in order to use them. And and that is something that God has placed within man. And man, of course, thanks because now suddenly, we, we didn't talk about this, but man's progress in this area was very slow over the early part of Earth's history, actually for most of Earth's history, uh, for thousands and thousands of years. But God allowed man to speed up the development of society, the development of cities and communication and, and everything else for God's own purposes. And now that man is able to use a, a phone uh, without wires, and now that man is able to have worldwide access on the Internet, he thinks he's really something really um, brilliant and and doesn't need God at all. And yet, it it's just what God has permitted man in order for God to get his word, the gospel, out to the nations. It, it was a necessary thing to have man advance the way he has. And yet, for all of man's advancements, he still cannot speak and create something from nothing. No, God is the one who has given man the ability. God is the one who has placed these things in the creation so man could uncover and discover them and, and, and form and fashion them. And, and man has taken that part of him that reflects the creator. And because he's able to, to build something um, that is super technical. He thinks he doesn't need the creator anymore. And that's just the fallen nature of man, man's pride that gets into the way. Well, here again, we see that with early man, they were beginning to learn things, develop things, and form things And this is to be expected because man is unlike any of the other creatures. He was made in the image and likeness of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.